Hey friends, and welcome to Her Soul, a safe space where we discuss all things God, self-love, and peace of mind. I'm your host, Camille Allison, and my goal is to encourage you in your everyday walk so that you can live in the freedom that God promises you. It's that Christian girl talk you need in your life. So grab your journal, favorite pen, a cup of coffee, and let's get into the show. Hey you guys, welcome into this week's episode of Her Soul. I feel like I say the same thing week after week, but y'all, I really do mean it. I'm so, so appreciative of those of you who continue to listen, those of you who continue to share the show, so thank you. And then if you're new here, I want to say thank you to you too, because honestly, this is what this show is about. And I hope that you'll listen to this episode and you'll listen to a few more and you'll realize that Her Soul is a really strong community where we're all just women trying to figure this thing called life out. And I sincerely believe that personal development can be achieved through a dedicated relationship with Christ. And as we face life's many up and down hurdles, why not have a community of women who are all on the journey toward this same angle, right? So welcome in y'all. I hope you enjoy. So we are diving and digging deep into our wellness series. We started it last week talking about emotional and spiritual wellness. And like I said then, I 100% believe that your emotional and spiritual wellness is the gateway to all of the other areas of wellness that you can tap into in life, right? If your mind and your spirit are not in alignment, if they are not strong, if they don't have everything that they need, it's going to be difficult for you to kind of thrive in these other areas of wellness. So that's why we started with that. And continuing in the same line of thought, we're going to talk about uh, negative thinking and cognitive distortions. And this is another thing that I feel like affects a lot of us, especially women, no matter what race you are, no matter how you grew up, I feel as though women, we are sometimes more prone to having this self-sabotaging mindset. So we're that's what we're going to dive into. But before we get into that, I wanted to follow up about the emotional check-in sheet that I listed as a freebie with last week's episode. I realized that if you're not used to mental health worksheets, or if you're not used to something like that, you might not know exactly what to do with that. And so I contemplated putting out like a video, maybe on Instagram, about how to actually use the sheet. So if you are someone who downloaded that worksheet and you don't know how to use it, (laughs) please let me know because I would definitely make a video to explain it. It's very simple and it's so, so helpful. So I don't want you to miss out on it. So let me know if you need a tutorial on how to use it. The other thing is that, you know, we released our very first Her Soul newsletter this month. So It's not too late. If you want to still be a part of the newsletter, figure out what's going on with the show, the ministry, what's coming up, uh, all those things, I'll leave the link in the show notes and you guys can sign up for the newsletter there. And then, um, yeah, actually, I think that's it. Just continue to share the show, continue to engage with me. I've talked to a couple of you, actually two people I can pinpoint specifically in the past couple of weeks. And the conversations that I've had with the two of you ladies really have humbled me. So if you're listening again, I want to say thank you guys. And for those of you who don't know, don't be afraid to talk to me. I love it, love it, love it when y'all reach out to me. Tell me where you are in life, things you want to hear us talk about on the show. If you have opinions on topics that we've discussed, shoot me a DM. I would love to talk to y'all. So all the social networking stuff will be in the show notes as well. 
So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this very, 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 very insightful episode regarding cognitive distortions. I'm going to preface this episode and say, I am not a mental health professional. If you are someone who needs actual uh, therapy, go and seek that help, okay? Do not use this show as a substitute for that because I'm not licensed in any way. I have done research. I have had experiences in this realm. I am a student um, in seminary. I'm currently pursuing my Master of Divinity. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from as far as this episode is concerned. I've done research. I'll leave all my references and resources inside of the show notes if you want to dig deeper into this subject. But please, if you need to see somebody, see somebody and don't be ashamed about it. All right. So if there's one thing, one main idea that I want you guys to kind of hone in on to really get the most out of this episode, to really kind of get your mindset in the right place to understand the material we're about to discuss is that you are able to be set free emotionally, right? But in order to be emotionally set free, you have to recognize, acknowledge, and understand why it is you think and process the way that you do, right? And then by understanding that, you'll understand why it is that you do the things that you do. So how you process the content of this episode is going to vary. Like from each of us, it's going to be different because we're all made up of these different experiences. We've, um, you know, we grew up in different environments. We've suffered different traumas. We've got different triggers, you know, all of the things. And especially how you grew up and the main, you know, your main people in your life growing up and how emotionally well they were, you know, all of those things play a factor are you prone to mental illness, right? Or do you already suffer from mental illness? So all of those things go into how you process your emotions. So you might listen to this episode and feel, you know, this doesn't necessarily apply to you. Or you might listen to this episode and you're like, dang, yeah, this was an episode for me, right? Um, a couple questions I want us to keep in the back of our brains or really kind of address, and you can address this now, or maybe in your personal time, go a little deeper with it. But, you know, were you emotionally nurtured growing up, right? Did you feel safe expressing your feelings? Or do you remember learning how to positively uh, process negative emotions, you know, how to handle your emotions in a positive way so that they didn't turn into more trauma on top of trauma, but that you managed to kind of figure out how to filter and how to handle those things appropriately. For many of us, we didn't grow up with a uh, guideline, like a, a, a handbook on how to handle things. Many of us come from families that didn't handle emotions at all. You just didn't talk about things. You know, certain things were just never discussed. And if you had a feeling about something, you were told to kind of like shove it down, deal with it, right? That's really like uh, the bulk of a lot of our own emotional upbringing, if you will. So, you know, if you're looking at these questions and you're thinking like, no, I did not grow up emotionally well or trained to be emotionally well, then listen further because it's not too late. It's never too late to kind of get yourself set where you need to be emotionally, spiritually, physically, in all the areas of wellness that we'll be addressing. So let's start off and just talk about what is cognitive distortion? What is a cognitive distortion? So by definition, cognitive distortions are errors in ways of thinking, errors in your thinking, right? Oftentimes these are insecure, self-destructive, nihilistic thoughts, right? That lead 
you into this realm of false belief about yourself, right? About yourself, about your place in the world. This could be, you know, feelings of unworthiness, believing that everybody is against you or everyone hates you, blaming yourself for things that are out of control. But not only is it uh, self-focus, it can also be where you're blaming others for your problems, or, you know, you're obsessing over the way that other people feel about you, things that you don't necessarily have control over, right? And there are many, 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 many different types of cognitive distortions. I'm just going to go over a few for the purposes of this episode. I picked out some of the ones that I feel like are most common, um, commonly seen. The first one I've got for you is magnification or catastrophizing. So I feel like this is so, so common, like how basically what this is, is blowing things out of proportion, right? Or allowing really something that is small, seemingly small, impact the rest of your day in a negative light. Uh, The example that was used in the text is allowing a bad taxi ride to ruin an entire vacation. That's an example of catastrophizing when you're so focused on One thing that's happened, if you're so focused on this event that's happened that it's taken you off track for the rest of your entire day. So really blowing things out of proportion. The second one is mental filtering. And this is basically where you choose to only remember or only highlight the bad parts of a situation. The example that the text used um, talks about a, an athlete, a depressed athlete who forgets their many excellent plays and instead just rants on about the one blown assignment and how it cost their team the game. So that's an example of mental filtering where it's hard for you to see, uh, recognize all of the good that's been done. And I mean, seriously, I'm going to say this as a mom. Here's my example as a mom. Like literally, I know that I am a really good mom. I do so many things for my boys, but... If, if there's one thing that is off kilter, like if there's one thing I feel, you know, I didn't do necessarily right or I didn't handle the situation in the best way, I immediately go to, oh my God, I'm the worst mom. I'm going to, I'm ruining my kids, like ho- that whole kind of thing. So that's mental fi- filtering. This next one is a really good one. I actually worked with a girl who was like the most negative person I've ever met in my life. And I am absolutely convinced that she suffered with this cognitive distortion. But this one is called fortune telling, right? And this is another type of negative thought pattern, which involves repeatedly predicting that situations are going to turn out poorly. It says projecting pessimism onto the future can create a self-fulfilling prophecy where your negative vision of the future is so strong, it impacts your ability to behave in a way that would lead to positive outcomes. So you already believe that things are not going to go well. Like, let's just use the example of work. You come into work, you're tired, you don't feel like it. You're saying this is going to be a bad, um, a bad day at work. You're projecting this negative uh, energy, these negative thoughts onto your day. So instead of aligning your mind with a more positive framework where you might be able to turn your day around, you're, you're just keeping yourself in this place where you're not allowing anything positive to break through. So that is fortune telling. Uh, this next one is called labeling. So labeling is where you put negative labels on yourself and the people and things around you. And this is a very, very common one that we see. It's also very harmful, a very harmful thought pattern. Um, that we just engage in every day. And we, I feel like some people do this and we don't necessarily realize that we're doing it. But like we've said before, there's power in the tongue. There are power, there's power in the words that you speak, right? 
So if you constantly see yourself as someone who is unworthy, uh, someone who is stupid, maybe if you see yourself as a bad mom, you eventually grow into that mold because basically it's like that negative perception leaves you no room to live outside of that label, right? Or to grow beyond them. So in your childhood, maybe you just were told over and over again that you wouldn't amount to anything. Maybe you were told over and over again that you couldn't achieve certain things and you believe that. And maybe right now in your adult life, you're not where you were. It's because you're living in the confines of the labels that were placed on you growing up. And you've just continued that pattern into your adult world. This last one is called emotional reasoning, and this one is pretty common too, I feel like. This is basically when a person insists that something is factually true, even though their only evidence is their own feelings. And I mean, y'all, seriously, how reliable are our feelings? How reliable are our thoughts? Not very. (laughs) Um, Someone in the throes of emotional reasoning is difficult to engage with productively because they center their reasoning around negative emotions rather than any sort of logic. The emotional reasoner starts with the premise that their negative feelings must be true and justified simply because they exist and then builds a narrative to support that. So for example, I'm anxious about going to school, therefore going to school must be dangerous would be an example of emotional reasoning. And of course, we know that that statement isn't based in any factual anything. It's not based in logic, but this is what emotional reasoning is. And even though it sounds like easy to identify, like there are people who really, really deal with this and it's hard to kind of pull yourself out of the quote unquote reality that you've created for yourself and step into what is really actually happening. Okay, so that was all of the... um Examples of cognitive distortions that I wanted to share with you guys. Like I said, there are so many more, so much more that we could talk about. But for the sake of this episode, I wanted us to kind of be able to identify some of the common ones, but really I want us to figure out how we can change our way of thinking. So let's figure out some of the things that might lead you to have cognitive distortions, right? And like I said, if you want to understand the reason you think and process the way you do and the reason you are the way you are, then we have to do this kind of work. So recognize with me that there are certain habits that you might be doing from day to day, certain things that you might have incorporated into your daily routine, gone about life, and not even realizing that it's contributing to these cognitive distortions. It's incriminating contributing to this cycle of negative thinking. And like I talk about all the time, once you point out something, your brain becomes trained to kind of like identify that thing anytime it's it, it comes in your frame of reference. So like, for example, you know, if you are someone who is like looking at Camaros, let's say you're looking at cars and the car you're looking at is Camaro. You never really paid any attention to Camaros before, but it's in your mind. So now you see it more often on the highway. It's because You've picked it out and your brain has that as something to kind of pick up on. So in the same sense, if you go ahead and just point out these things to yourself, like merely recognize it, you can train your brain to kind of point out when it occurs, right? So by being able to tap into it when it happens, you're able to capture it before it has time to settle in and take root, right? You have time to capture that negative thought and replace it with something healthy, a coping mechanism, Um, really replace it with something that's going to support a positive thinking cycle. 
So here are um, some habits that we might have incorporated into our day-to-day that might lead to cognitive distortion. The first one is rumination. Rumination by itself is basically deep thought or consideration. And this can be a healthy thing. It can be, that could be, you know, something very beneficial. But if you suffer from cognitive distortions and you are in a negative thought pattern, that is where rumination can be harmful. So negative rumination is a cyclical pattern that projects your flaws onto your vision of the future, making you believe that your life will only get worse. So if you're a journaler and you like to go deep in your thought, you like to really hash things out, but you notice that a lot of what you journal about is negative, it's hard for you to kind of point out some positive things. You need to pretty much stop because you're only digging a deeper hole. There's some things that you have to address before you continue that exercise. Otherwise, your journaling session is only going to perpetuate the negative thought cycle. And I hope I'm making sense. The second one is cynical hostility. So this is a type of thought pattern that involves directing your anger, mistrust, judgment, or disdain at other people. These feelings may be born of insecurity, projection, or maybe past experiences. This type of thinking makes it hard to maintain a support system because you see people as inherently dangerous, evil, or untrustworthy. So when you've gotten to a point where you've recognized, okay, I'm being, I'm representing the cynical hostility that we're talking about. Some things that you can do are to try and combat that cynical hostility with empathy, right? So instead of defaulting to distrust, try to see a situation from every possible perspective, right? Find, find the lemonade in whatever situation it is that you're uh, thrown into, right? Find ways to reframe the situations as cooperative rather than competitive, as safe rather than harmful. And this doesn't apply just to situations. This applies to people in developing relationships as well. And then the third habit that we're going to discuss is called overthinking. So, um, okay. A lot of you will probably argue this one. You, you want to be thorough in life, and I'm not against that. You want to be thorough. You want to make sure you're doing everything correctly, dotting all the I's and crossing off all the T's. But this can become harmful to your overall mental health. So overthinking involves looking at your role in every decision from every possible angle and then trying to model every potential outcome in your mind. Oh my God, this is so unhealthy. <laughs> um, this can be exhausting at best and devastating if you're carefully considered predictions turn out completely wrong. So avoid overthinking by imposing limits on it. Give yourself deadlines for making choices and stick to them. This reminds me of how um, Steve Jobs and some other really, uh, really rich people say that, you know, they wear the same thing to work every day because they don't want to exhaust their mental capacity to make decisions on something as menial as what am I going to wear today? So um, that made me think of that. Uh, this also thinks, this article also suggests trying out yoga, working out, or breathing exercises for a healthy way to drive some of that excess thought from your head. So like I said, it's okay to be thorough, but if you are taking that overboard and like you're having, you know, you're getting stressed out over deciding what to eat for lunch, then something's gotta be fixed. So 
That brings us to our coping mechanisms. And I know this is what everybody wants to know. Okay, I know I'm stuck in these cognitive distortions. I know I got work to do. There are things I need to deal with, but how do I do it? So this is where we are. And again, I want to say, you guys, if you're someone who needs to uh, seek a mental health professional, please do so. This show is not a replacement for serious uh, professional mental health help. So the first suggestion is to schedule your negative thinking. Now, when I read this, I was like, huh, no. Why would I do that? Why would I allow myself to be in the negative thoughts? But as I dug a little deeper, it actually does make a lot of sense. So it says deliberately setting aside time in your day to have negative thoughts uh, may seem counterproductive, but doing it in a structured routine way allows you to compartmentalize and, mo- and move past your negative feelings rather than to wallow in them. And that is where the benefit comes in, you guys. So it suggests to keep a negative thought journal, give yourself a 10 or 15 minute block of the day. So that's it, 15 minutes max per day if you need it to just simply write out all of the negative feelings that you might be feeling. That way, you know, okay, uh, at nine o'clock in the morning, before I get started on my workday, I'm giving myself 15 minutes to get all this negative energy off of me and onto this page and out of my, out of, out of me, right? So that I can move forward and have a better day. And if a negative thought tries to catch me, I'm going to tell them, nope, because you had your time and now it's time to move forward and be productive in my day. The second thing it suggests is to replace the bad thoughts. So this is the thing that, um, I kind of always talk about is when you recognize that negative thought, coming in, catch it, replace it with the positive. And it take, this is one of those exercises that takes time. It's not something that you'll be able to do right away, but the more and more you do it, the more keen you become and the easier it is to pick up on these things. Um, this third one that they suggest is love yourself. Uh, basically this is talking about positive self-talk. So instead of feeding yourself the negative, you want to feed yourself positive and all throughout the day, feed yourself with these, uh, self uh not self-affirmations, is it? Oh, it's called positive affirmations. <laughs> Feed yourself with positive affirmations. Don't even allow your mind time to drift off into the negative. Don't give your mind the space to say that, you know, you're unworthy of whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Don't give your mind the opportunity. This one I love. These always show up on all the lists, but to keep a journal. And this is effective again to not necessary. It's not meant for you to sit and pour out negativity all the time. I suggest a prayer journal because this allows you to actually cast off your cares to God. And then you're able to sit, be still, be silent and listen to his instruction. See how it is that he works in your life. This next one is a really good one. Take a break from the news and social media. There's so many things going on in this world. So many negative things because that seems to be the thing that's highlighted the most in the media and on social media. Take a break. Don't allow yourself to be in these environments where all you're exposed to is this overload of information that will cause you to feel angry, cause you to feel sad, cause you to just be in this place of not Good. I don't know how else to describe it. You know, be careful of the things it is that you're taking in because that certainly will affect how you operate from day to day. The other one that I really wanted to point out was to be honest with yourself. And I'm going to read it word for word as it says, because I think this is so important, especially if you're a parent. So it says, often negative thoughts and defense mechanisms are wrapped up in complex systems. 
For example, if you dwell on a parenting mistake to justify an extreme and despairing belief that you're the worst parent ever, you can avoid looking at the more complex and serious issue of how you could improve your parenting style. Be willing to ask yourself difficult questions and allow yourself patience and understanding when the answers are complicated or uncomfortable. So be honest with yourself and then don't lose sight of the bigger picture, right? That small little hiccup is not the overall thing. And if you get focused on the hiccup, you're going to just basically drop the ball at the overall thing. So be mindful of that, y'all. And then uh, every every article I, I've come across talks about the importance of exercise and meditation. And I absolutely believe that is very, very true. Again, wellness as a whole Every, all pieces of it are intertwined. So if your emotion, if your emotional health, your uh, spiritual wellness is in alignment, your physical wellness will be able to fall into alignment very easily. We're actually going to dive into that either next week's episode or the week after. I can't remember. Um, but to always keep physical activity, no matter how strenuous it is, whether it's light, moderate, or um, extreme activity, I don't know, uh, it's all going to be beneficial to your mental and emotional health, right? My ladies, I really want to just take the end of this episode to just encourage you to prioritize you. If you're someone who you, you know, you're overwhelmed with the daily to-dos of life, because it's Women's History Month, but really this should be an everyday practice no matter what the month is, I want to encourage you to just take this time for yourself to grow yourself. This is the part of self-care that people don't actually talk about, but the mental improvement, taking your mental wellness seriously, your spiritual wellness seriously, that's all a part of self-care. And it's really helping you to be better for you and in all the roles that you play. So please, y'all, please, pretty please take care of yourselves in this month. Celebrate you because you absolutely deserve it. I hope that this series is proving to be beneficial to you guys and that's all that I have. I hope that um, if you enjoyed it, you'll share it with someone else who might benefit from it. And then obviously leave us a rating or a review, any commentary whatsoever that you like uh, to leave regarding the show. Everything will be in the show notes and I'm praying you guys will have a blessed, beautiful rest of your week. 